You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Fritz, Mike, and Tina, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio. Stories Radio. This is session 244. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? Thursday night right here. Thursday night. We made it. We did. Yes, we did. (laughs) I mean, I even look forward even more so now than before to see these faces. I think that's one thing that's come out of this whole pandemic thing is that it's made you more grateful for just normal things, right? I'm over it, man. I'm tired of doing the COVID shuffle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people are, but you know, we still still need to be responsible right. and and do our best to uh to think long term. I believe it. Yeah. But you know, I almost don't recognize Mike when I look to my left. I now. know. <laughs> He's a rather dapper looking gentleman <laughs> he now. Is. Oh, gosh. I His feel like OT. he needs to be in the movies yeah. or something. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> The Reverend. Wow. <laughs> Reverend Mikey. <laughs> ah, ah. Now, really dig in the goatee, Mike. It looks really good on you. I am too. And I'm getting a lot of comments about it. You know, you're walking around with a mask on and the mask covers it perfectly. Right. All day long. Right. And then when it comes off, oh, <laughs> Surprise. I like it. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's kind of apropos, isn't it? That'll yeah. preach, won't it? Uh-huh. You know, you have the mask on all the time, but when the mask comes <laughs> off, there's yeah. something underneath. Right? Yes, pretty sure <laughs> yes. for a few minutes you could. Yeah. Yes, there is. So what is going on over there on the other side of the table, Mikey? Trying, Come on. Trying to get through these weeks, man. I'm telling you, it's like I just said, it. you get, you see faces with masks on constantly all day long in and out. And then I come here and... I see familiar faces, loving faces, <clears throat> and oh my goodness, it's it's beyond. It is. Now, having some carrot cake would be beyond, but seeing my face, <laughs> I wouldn't really say my mug is beyond, but but I, I appreciate the compliment, Mikey. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's going on over there? Well, you pretty much know what's going on. I've been hanging out at home, <laughs> getting back into my oil painting. She's been getting her artist on. Yeah. Wow. So. Watching all these uh, 
videos and yep, lots of videos. Getting your education on color theory, and I'm encouraging all kinds it. of things. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it's therapeutic, so it's great. Well, not about that, that, but if it's a gift that you've been given, go for it. Well, um, I don't know if I can say it's a gift yet, but I am certainly working at it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, As you should. And if you love doing it, then yeah, why not? I really, there? Do. I really do. Mikey agrees. Or two or more agree. Mm-hmm. It's done. <laughs> yeah. See there? Uh, yeah. Mikey, I got to say, I'm... I'm I'm really liking the blue uh, Nike, the shirt there. Uh-huh. I'm kind of a blue's my favorite color, and we kind of like it. We kind of got the tan shorts memo tonight. I got my tan shorts on. You got yours? Yes, I do. You got tan shorts on? No, I don't. That's all right. <laughs> and our guest doesn't have tan shorts on, but he's excused. He it's didn't just, get the memo. He didn't get the memo. That's all right. But hey, hey, I do. We have some likes. I know we have some likes. We sure do. Um, so we want to thank Stacy Sayer Johnson. Stacy Johnson, how about that? Welcome to the GSR family. Do you know them? Thank you. I think I think I do. You think so? Okay. I think I do. And we also want to say thank you to Kelly uh, McKinney. McKinney. Kelly McKinney. Fantastic. Welcome thank to you the for GSR liking family. Us on Facebook. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for liking us. And finally, we want to say thank you to Brittany Bass. Oh, thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. Welcome to the GSR family. Yes, yes, yes. And anybody else out there, if you have not liked the shit on Facebook, please do so. Taking the time to press the button. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I guess that could be Bass or Bass, right? Wow. Good. (laughs) It'd be Bass if you were really cool (laughs) and had long hair. But anyway, yeah. But that she was, uh, I already had written down the, uh, the likes for, from last week to this week. And then I just happened to be there on Facebook again. I noticed we had another one. She came in like three o'clock this afternoon and liked it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's exciting. I love it. Well, great. Well, thanks everyone for liking us. Thank you so much for liking us and praying for us through all this, uh, pandemic nonsense. We've been here for you. Want to thank the people that have been supporting us praying and just being part of the GSR family. We love and appreciate you so, so very much. Thank you. And if you haven't liked us already on Facebook, if you'd kindly go there and give us a thumbs up, we would greatly appreciate it. Yes, we would. And I don't have to play the crickets. <laughs> no more crickets. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I forgot. We're on the we Facebook Live tonight. have we got in the tonight. studio tonight? Any countries? 109 still. 109. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Mikey? Yes. Who do we have tonight? We have. In the hot seat. Yes, sir. Uh, The guest tonight, I met uh, probably a couple months ago. Uh, I mean, I've seen him before and knew of him and everything else, but I met him at Real Men uh, a few months ago. And um, there was one night that my roommate and myself, we were there. We're actually sitting in the same group, all three of us. And and our guest was sitting right next to me. And... um, the, the night was done and then the guests happened to just say, if anybody knows anybody that needs to have any painting done. And I looked it over at Mark because he was just ready. He was looking to do it. I mean, he was already calling people to come and give estimates. Oh. And when he said that, I looked over at Martin and I, and then I told him afterwards, I said, this is a God thing. 
And uh, yes, he did get the job and he did a fantastic job, as Martin said. And um, but this guy also is he knows Jesus. He loves Jesus. He does uh, some devotionals out at your what is it? The uh, garden at the prayer garden. He's done some live uh, Facebook uh, devotionals um, Mm -hmm. like celebrate recovery devotionals. Wonderful. Yes. So uh, we have here tonight Donald Miller. Donald, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Not everybody says yes. Man, this but is you a, weren't scared. Well, I may be scared, but I tell you what, I'm it's such a I appreciate the 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 opportunity to to be able to come and Amen. share my God story with with you guys and with those who are tuning in this evening. And man, it's just a privilege and it's an honor to to mm-hmm. to give glory to to my heavenly father because uh of all that he's brought me through and and he's been a he's been faithful to me when I when I wasn't faithful. I, I that's all I can really say is mm-hmm. he's wow. been there for me when I wasn't faithful. So. Well, our mission statement is bringing hope, comfort and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Wow, cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we want to do want to all take right. a second before you get into it to welcome all your friends on Facebook Live right there if you're hey guys. looking at the camera. Say hello there. Welcome to God Stories Radio on Facebook Live. Welcome. Welcome I can't see the names that far, but radio. Hope you all can hear us well. Claremont, Florida. Want to welcome everybody on Mixler, Mr. Jay Calhoun on tonight. And I do see somebody else on there. If you follow us, I can tell who you are, but but welcome anyway. You dialed into a good one tonight. Hey, Jay. What's going on, buddy? Jay's my buddy. I love him. (laughs) All right. He's a good dude. He really is. Calhoun family. They oh, are. That's right. You, you know. Oh, you know right. Jay and Jessica. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. They're awesome. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Wonderful. And the first yeah. thing that Don said, he says he has a um, scripture he needs to read. <laughs> yeah. If you don't mind, we're gonna, I'd like to share a little scripture before we get started. Let's say a little prayer and uh, something I feel like the Lord's put on my heart. This comes out of Romans chapter eight. Um, We're going to start in verse 33. It says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? And 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And verse 38 and 39 says, for I am, this is Paul writing in the book of Romans. And, uh, you know, you just got to get this revelation here. I've, I've got this revelation a, a while ago. And I like Paul, man, I am persuaded. It says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So that being said, let me just say a little prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, just come to you, Lord, and man, I honor you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to honor you tonight by, by sharing your grace by sharing what you have done, my God story, Lord. It's your story, not mine. It's your story, what you have done in my life. And I just thank you for it. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit would come and just minister 
and just take over and let the Holy Spirit do its work tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So um, we'll just jump right in, huh? Go for it. So, man, uh, you know, 1969, I was born. You know, the year of love, I guess, free love. And, <laughs> you know, don't want to get into the nitty gritty of it, but, no. you know, it was, uh, it was, you know, the height of the Vietnam War and, and, uh, you know, things, things were changing in the world, just like they're changing now, man. We got mm-hmm. a lot of things changing right now. And sure do. It's, uh, crazy, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I was born in Lansing, Michigan, um, to uh my my father's name was Donald as well so um I'm you know his his father was named Donald as well now our, our middle names are different but I'm the third generation Donald and I named my son Donald as well so there's four Donalds of us in a row so <laughs> kind of weird but um so my parents uh you know like I said I was born in 69 and and about 3 years later I guess um it was I, I, no, don't take my exact words here. I, I might be a little off on the ages because I'm not sure, but I think it was around three or four where my parents divorced and my mom remarried when, uh, when I was like five years old. Um, so my mom and my stepdad, they lived in Battle Creek, Michigan. And my dad, he lived with his mom and, and, um, Eventually, my, my, my grandma got divorced and, and she remarried, but uh, he lived in, in, in Lansing with my grandmother and, and my step grandfather, I guess is what it was. But my real grandfather, he owned a bar in Chippewa Lake, Michigan. It was he was a bar owner. And uh, and, you know, so that's a little bit of my background and how I grew up. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, grew up around you know, I guess you could say the party lifestyle. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, and it was really weird because my mom and my stepdad lived in, in Battle Creek, but my, my, my real dad lived in Lansing and he would come and get me on the weekends. Eventually my mom got custody of me. And, uh, so, you know, my, my, in order to not pay child support, she, she told my dad, look, just give them to me and, and we'll raise them and you won't have to pay no child support. So he, he relinquished custody and I went to live with my mom and my stepdad. So, uh, they lived in Battle Creek. My dad lived in Lansing, but my dad would come and get me on the weekends. Well, actually every other weekend he had, uh, visitations on, on every other weekend. So he would drive from Lansing to Battle Creek and come and get me. And, uh, it was a really weird life. Um, my mom and my stepdad, they, uh, they were hard workers. And so was my dad for that matter. Um, but we all liked to party, you know, it was a party lifestyle. Um, especially with my father, he, uh, you know, God rest his soul. He's, he's with the Lord, um, right now. Um, I lost him about four years ago and, uh, he went on to be with the Lord. He had a heart attack. And what I'm about to say I in no wise mean any, any negatory things about my, my father, because I love him to death. Mm -hmm. He, he did get born again eventually, but he struggled. He struggled with alcohol and he struggled with drugs. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe, I I believe I'm here to share the truth too. So um, without being, you know, derogatory or anything like that, I I, I really respect, I really respect my, my parents. Um, 
I love my mom, my stepdad. They, they were hard workers. They raised me to the best of their ability and they, they were tough on me. I will say that they were very tough. Um, um, and, and I, I just, uh, but my father, he, he kind of, you know, he, he, he dealt drugs, you know, I don't know any, any other way to put it, but he, he, he dealt a lot of drugs. And so when he would come and pick me up on the weekends, that's the kind of lifestyle I grew up in. He, you know, I was this little buddy, you know, he was big Donnie and I was little Donnie. Mm -hmm. And at an early age, I began to learn what marijuana was, what, you know, alcohol was, what, you know, cigarettes was and, and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I could take you back to the first time I ever actually experienced um, matches and cigarettes. And it was probably at the age of probably four or five. I think I got up one morning and everybody was still sleeping and I jumped up. Of course, I'm running around in my diaper, you know, and making, you know, myself breakfast. And I remember I made some Kool-Aid and I didn't even really know how, but I've seen them, you know, you, we, 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 we do what we, what we see other people do when we're children, you know? So mm -hmm. I saw, you know, how they made Kool-Aid, but I forgot. I, I mean, I didn't really know that you're supposed to put sugar in it. So I opened them packs of Kool-Aid and dumped it in a, a pitcher and I poured the water in there and I went and poured me a glass and it tasted terrible. So I just dumped it out and I put the, I put the, uh, I dumped my glass out and I put the, uh, the, uh, the pitcher in the, in the refrigerator and I said, that was it for that. You know, I think I ate some bananas or something for, for breakfast. And, uh, you know, like I said, everybody was sleeping and I looked on the coffee table and there was, you know, a pack of cigarettes and, and a pack of matches. So I, was, I grabbed them up real quick and I grabbed a cigarette out of there and I run outside, you know, of course, you know, back then we, we weren't really supervised very, very much, you know, as children, mm -hmm. at least I was, and I don't know about everybody no. else, but you know, this was in the seventies. So, you know, people ran around, they did, you know, they just, you know, we let, we let our kids play in the, in the streets Absolutely. and you know, in the neighborhoods. Just make and, sure you're home in the light street. That's exactly so, right. That's what my dad told me. <laughs> so I went outside and we, I lived in the, we lived in the, my dad and my grandma lived in a trailer park. And so it wasn't, it, you know, it was a rundown trailer park. And you think it was a pretty nice trailer park. It was a, you know, up, upscale trailer park, but, uh, so I went out, out behind the trailer park in a little field and I began to, you know, play with them matches and I lit up that cigarette and, uh, you know, here I'm five years old. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting in the middle of a field and I'm getting attacked by bumblebees, man. They start flying around my head and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. So I took my matches and I started going like this and I'm taking them off and I'm striking them and I'm trying to shoot them at this little bumblebee, you know, five years old. I mean, who, mm -hmm. who would even know how to do that? But I did. Well, the next thing I know, the field caught on fire and the fire department was coming. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, my uncle came down. He's got the shovel. And as I ran back to the trailer, what I did was I run back to the trailer. I grabbed that picture of Kool-Aid, Mike. And I grabbed that picture of Kool-Aid and ran back. And my uncle see me because he was up by the time all this happened. And he see me. He run outside and followed after me. And I took it to the, to, to the field and I dumped it on the on the flames. And it was just it was too late. That field went up in smoke. <laughs> It was crazy. So um, that was the first time I ever, you know, had an experience with uh, starting to get in trouble. So um, after that, I, uh, you know, like I said, my, my dad, he uh, he'd come and get me and, you know, I was his little buddy and, you know, he'd take me to 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 get, you know, drugs and 
and, you know, take me to places that I never really should have been mm -hmm. really, to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. He took me, took me with him everywhere he went. Um, I'd stay up all night with him, partying with him and his friends and, and, you know, just go to bed when I got sleepy, I guess. And, and it was like that for years, you know, that was the kind of a lifestyle that I grew up in and, and uh, didn't really know any better. And so by the time I was 18 years old, uh, well, actually by the time I was 15, really, or 14, I don't know, remember I run away from, ran away from home, got in a bunch of trouble, got on probation. Um, and then by the, by the time I was 18 years old, I uh, found myself incarcerated again. I was on probation already. And, uh, this time I was facing some, some pretty severe time in, in jail. And at that time I was, I wasn't living at home. I was living with friends. Um, you know, I was 18 years old. I, I left, you know, was asked to leave, you know, my home at an early age. And, uh, cause I was getting in all kinds of trouble. Mm -hmm. I, I don't blame my parents for that at all. So, so I, I was living with friends and then, uh, I had these two, two of my best friends. They were, uh, their names were Mike and Ronnie. Um, and we were hanging out quite, quite frequently. Mike was Mike, Mike was really one of my best friends. And so was Ronnie really. But, uh, so two days prior to me being incarcerated, I was just with them, you know, hanging out. Um, they took me to get some, some drugs and, uh, they were, uh, in a little, Ronnie had, owned, he owned a little Ford Pinto and he was, you know, going to mid Florida tech in, in Orlando trying to get their GED. And they had asked me if I wanted to go. And I just, just happened to say, no, I don't, you know, I've already been, cause I went to mid Florida tech too, trying to get my GED, but I eventually dropped out. You know, mm -hmm. I dropped out of high school at an early age. And, uh, so they had asked me, do I want to go? And I said, no, I don't think so. So it was like, it was, I think it was that day that I didn't go with them that I ended up actually getting arrested. I was sitting on a back porch uh, with a girl smoking a joint with her and two detectives walked up on me and they, uh, you know, asked me, did I have any more? And I lied to them, of course. And, you know, I had a whole bag stuffed down my pants and I was like, I was too scared to, to be honest with them, of course, you know, mm -hmm. so they, uh, he said, cop told me, he said, you know, all you got to do is just tell us the truth, man. If you got any more, just take it out and dump it on the ground and uh, we'll let you go. We'll just call it a day. You're stomping in the ground and, you know, it's it's okay. But I didn't. I was hard headed. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, long story short, I, I ended up going to jail. Um, they arrested me for possession of marijuana. And the girl that I was smoking the joint with, she was 16. So, whoa. In Florida, they don't have a contributing to the delinquency of a minor. It's called child abuse. So yeah, that, child. That <laughs> went on. Say. That actually went on my record, but oh, it, wow. it did get expunged, or they dropped the charges and just uh, they charged me with a uh, violation of probation and possession of marijuana. But they dropped that charge. So um, there I was, locked up, man, and uh, with no hope. My mom had come to the come to the jail to see me actually. And she's like, Don, you, I'm sorry, but you know, we're washing our hands of you, man. You done did you're, you're done, dude. You know, we done helped you too much. You're getting in way too much trouble. We can't, you know, we, we can't keep helping you, man. You know, you got to start fending for yourself and then making right decisions. And so that was pretty hard, man. You know, I was kind of, kind of shocked that, that they would do that. But I mean, 
you know, you got to do what you got to do when you're, when you're a parent, sometimes mm-hmm. you got, you know, in the Bible does say this, you know, in the, in the book of Psalms, David wrote, he said, when my mother and my father forsake me, he said, then the Lord will take us up. That's in the book of Psalms. He, he wrote that David. And, uh, and that's what happened, Mike and, and Fritz and Tina. That's, that's what happened, man. So there I was locked up. And, uh, two days after I was in jail, them two best friends that I were telling you about, they got, they got killed. They were driving to, oh, no. they were driving to mid Florida tech and they were in Taft, Florida. Um, if you guys know where that South, uh, South Orlando mm-hmm. there in Taft. Um, but they were sitting at a, they were sitting at a, uh, a train track Ooh. and, uh, there was a double track there and there was a freight train sitting there and the gates were down. And so they sat there for a while and they were like, well, I guess, you know, this train just sitting there. Cause they, you know, they used to do that a lot in, in Taft. They would just sit there, you know, at the gates. Well, what they didn't realize when they, they started to go through and, and cross through the tracks or cross through the gates, the, uh, there was an Amtrak coming on the other track and it hit their car and it, it, you know, split their car right in half and it killed them instantly. So, uh, yeah, I lost my, my two best friends wow. and it was plastered all over the news. I mean, it, and it just, and it, it's really weird because the, the people that I was living with my, my other friend and, and his mom, I lived with his mom and dad, another friend of mine, they actually called the jail and they called the front desk, the booking desk. And they, uh, called to tell me about what happened. And, uh, they, the, the booking desk called down to my cell block and they came and got me, brought me up to the front desk and, and I took that phone call. And that's when, when Ruby, my, my friend's mom told me that Mike and Ronnie had been killed. And it just, uh, that day was just complete darkness over me. I was mm-hmm. in shock. I didn't know what to do. You know, my parents, you know, kind of pretty much didn't want anything to do with me. And, and here I was facing a lot of time. Uh, I was facing five to 15 years on like 17 counts. Wow. So, um, mm. so it was pretty heavy, man. That day was, was pretty heavy, needless to say. Um, but God is good and God is good all the time. Amen. And even when we don't think that he sees us, he still does. And I believe that everything, you know, the, the book of Romans, what I just read, uh, uh, 828 says that for we know that all things work together for good to those Amen who love to God, mm-hmm. who are called according to his purpose. But well, he, he may be up there sometimes shaking his head. What are you thinking? Yeah, right. I'm sure. Uh-huh. I'm sure. So there I was um, stuck, you know, not really knowing what to do. And then all of a sudden I went back to my cell block and about 10 minutes later, a big old tall guy. um with bald head came to the cell block and he, he asked for me, he said, Hey man, you want to talk? And he had, he had hands about three times the size of mine. And I didn't know what to think, but I said, sure, I guess he said it. He, he introduced his name was uh, chaplain Dan. And, uh, he, he, uh, asked me if I wanted to talk and I said, sure, why not? So I went, went out there and we went into a little program room. And like I said, I didn't really grow up in church. Now my dad did get saved when he was, when he was probably in his late twenties, I think. Um, and we did, he took me to church a few times here and there. He, he, he had what, what a lot of people call a religious kick, I guess, and went through that thing. And, um, a lot of people don't understand. He, he did have a, he did have a born again experience, but, but there I was. 
And uh, this man began to tell me about this man, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth and gave his life for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, long story short, I don't really know everything that happened that day, but I do know one thing. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And when I walked out of that cell black, or that, that, that program room, I was a new creature. I was a new person. All the weight was gone. All, everything was lifted. I was free, completely free wow. of, of everything. Now, this was the same day when your friends got Same killed? exact day. Uh, yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. While, while they still had it on the news. Right. It was still on and the news. Only so not days, a whole and you're only time. two days in jail, too. Yep, two days. Wow. Yep. Okay. So, long story short, again, I ended up doing six months. God had grace. He, he saved my life that day. There, the... I just got to give credit to to all the all the volunteers that came to that jail because at that time they were having church services three three nights a week Tuesdays Thursdays and then Sunday mornings they were having church literal church services and man God's power was awesome in that place mm -hmm. I mean he the the anointing the the presence of God people were coming in there preaching the word I mean it was powerful man and and I just began to get a hunger for this Bible. And I just started, you know, somebody gave me a King James Bible in every day. That's all I did was read my Bible. The whole, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be a trustee. They made me a trustee. And so, you know, I was eventually I was a car wash trustee. I'd go out and detail all the cop cars, which was pretty cool, mm -hmm. you know, for, for being locked up, you know, uh, there you go. That's really the favor a favor of God. Amen. That was really a privilege to be able to do that. I'm sure. So, uh, so you started in the King James. Everything Absolutely. else was kind of watered down from yeah, there, you know. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and still, in still to this day, I, I mean, I've got other translations of the Bible, but I always like even this morning I was reading. I had to go grab my. I was reading another translation, the NIV, and I had to guys like, no, that don't seem right. Let me go grab my my King James, and you know, I was like, yeah, it does say a little bit something different in the King James, doesn't mm -hmm. it? So, different words, but. Uh, so, yeah, man, uh, you know, God had a favor. Eventually, I got out um, six months later. Well, actually, four months I only did because I had uh, two months gain time and ended up only doing four months. And then uh, ended up marrying that man, uh, that man's daughter, Chaplain Dan Horton. Wow. Uh, he was a he was a volunteer <laughs> chaplain for the Osceola County Jail for over 20 years. Um, very faithful man. He never took a penny from the Osceola County Jail from any, he, he was like, he taught me how to paint. He was a painter too. He had his own little okay. side business. He, he, you know, he worked, uh, he provided for his family and he did that volunteer voluntarily for over, you know, over 20 years. And, uh, what a, what a man of God he, he really is and, and, or was, excuse me. But he was a, a mentor of mine. He took me in, he gave me a place to stay. I ended up marrying his daughter. And I'd like to sit here and tell you that, you know, I lived happily ever after, uh -huh. but uh, I had a lot of garbage inside and uh, I didn't know how to um, communicate with people. I had a lot of anger. I was just a young kid. I took on a responsibility. She had a, a, a son um, that I took upon myself to, to be his father. He was only 18 months old when I married, when I, when I met his mother. So I took on that responsibility. Um, I worked two jobs trying to provide. Um, I, yeah, I married her at the, I, at the ripe old age of 19 years old, fresh out of jail, you know, still a kid. Didn't even wow. know how to be a, a parent, didn't know how to do nothing. I just, uh, you know, just knew I, I, 
I love this woman and, and fell in love with her kid, man. I really did. And, and just, uh, fell in love with their family, man. I really did it. Uh, the horns, what, what great, you know, such, such great people, man. They really are. And, uh, but I messed up. I, uh, I backslid. I actually, actually a year later, they allowed me to go back into the jail and I used to go in there faithfully, like sometimes twice a, a week, Tuesday and Thursday nights. But usually it was one night a week. It was Thursday night. I would, uh, you know, sometimes I'd go in there twice a week. Sometimes I'd go in there on Sunday. As I said, they had an awesome ministry in there, people volunteering, going in there. And so, like I said, I, I got, you know, a hunger for this Bible and, and started devouring it. Um, got plugged into a, a really good church in Kissimmee called City of Life. And I've got to, you know, I've got to give props to my pastor, uh, my pastors, uh, Gary and Janice Smith, because I sat under their teaching for almost 10 years. And I used to take um, what they would teach me and uh, not that I would just take their their word at face value. I'd go home. I'd, I'd take notes while I was at church. I'd go home and I'd study it. And I'd say, wow, man, he really is teaching the word. And uh, it's kind of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. Just God began to just teach me. You know, I was I, I would ask for there's three things I've been asking for 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 over 30 years um, from God. And that's uh, number one is wisdom. Number two is revelation knowledge. And number three is understanding. So I've asked for those three things every time, you know, pretty much almost every day, you know, especially before I read my Bible. Mm -hmm. um, That's, I ask for a little bit more than that, but those, those three are three of them. Well, I do too. But those those uh -huh. are three basic yes. things. Now, now I ask for for um for God to show me the truth and to pull down the lies. That's 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 another thing that I ask for nowadays. Because sometimes it's hard to know who's speaking up here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or who's mm -hmm. speaking in here? Sure. You know, it's hard to tell, you know, who, you know, what the flesh is, you know, the flesh, man, Satan's deceit, Satan's very deceptive, you know? So I struggle with that sometimes. I'm like, Lord, show me what the truth is. I need to know. I need to know. He knows the, the Bible better than you do. Absolutely. So, you know, that's, that's something that I pray for too. So, but, um, so anyhow, I used to go back to the, you know, I, I, I would do, I did jail ministry for over five years. And, uh, but the, the problem was I still struggle with alcohol and I still struggle with smoking marijuana. And then at the age of 25 years old, I got hooked on crack cocaine uh. for the first time ever in my life. Well, I did, I snorted powder before because when I was 17, I, I worked, uh, doing, uh, I was a framer and, and a decker. I framed houses and decked houses. And one of the guys I worked for, he was, you know, he was a, a dealer and uh, he dealt a lot of drugs and he would pay us. He would he would ask us when, on Fridays. He said, how do you want to get paid? You want to get paid in, in mar uh, marijuana? Do you want to get paid in cocaine or do you want to get paid in in, in uh, money? Talk about your flexible spending. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> there so, you go. So uh, you yeah. got a good crowd on uh, on Facebook tonight. Cool. Hey, guys. Joe Burke. Hey, how are Joe? you, buddy? What's up, Joseph Burke? Is that Tina Cron from uh, FUMC? Hey, it Tina. Is, yeah. Joe. Tina Barkley. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to GSR. Yeah. How about that? So, so yeah, man, crazy life, right? So, you know, been there, done that, smoked it, you know, whatever, um, snorted it. So at the age of 25, I got hooked on crack cocaine. Um, and that took me down a 
a hill that I never wanted to go down, mm-hmm. a road that I never, never ever thought I would ever be on. But uh, that's when the stuff began to get really deep, and uh, I, I got into some some really some really tough places. Uh, um, I've been beat by over twenty five, you know, men you know, and left in a ditch to die. My I heard that story. I heard that I story as well. That. <laughs> mm-hmm. My head was like three times the size of a basketball. They had to airlift me to ORMC. Um, I've been, you know, I've got scars on my face all, all over, all over my head. If I was to shave my head, you know, my hair, you'd, you'd see, I've got scars all over it, man. It's crazy. But uh, I've been smashed in the face with a, a bad dog 2020 bottle and I was trying to buy dope and, you know, I kept begging the guy, come on, man, come on. He said he didn't have none, kept telling me he didn't have none. And then he hands me some fake dope. And as soon as he put it in my hand, he smashed me upside the face with a whiskey bottle. And then I I didn't black out, thank God, because um, I was right in the middle of uh, downtown Orlando on Paramore Street when that happened. Ooh. So, uh, you know, I was had been drinking, too. So uh, jumped in the car, had a bunch of people with me my i had a girlfriend she was in the front seat i had my buddy was with me and his girlfriend was in the back seat we just came from the bar and so here i'm flying down highway 50 you know in a camaro 94 uh you know it wasn't z28 but it was it was a camaro and and man we were hauling butt from orlando to to hell central here my i'm squirting blood i got a white shirt on and blood squirting everywhere and my my girlfriend's screaming. She tries opening the door to jump out. I'm running red lights. I mean, it was crazy, man. <laughs> She's going, let me out. I let me out of here. And I had to reach over and grab the door, you know, so she didn't jump out. And I walked into Hell Central. I sort of put a beer bottle up on the counter. When I walked in, I said, hey, man, you think y'all can get somebody to stitch me up? <laughs> the receptionist, she's just shaking her head. She's like, really? You brought a beer bottle in here and set it down? I still had a beer in between my legs, but just, uh, yeah, some pretty crazy stuff, man. Um, but that's, you know, I didn't know anything else, man. What what, what are you supposed to do? And that's all you know. You know what I'm saying? That, that was, you did whatever you could to survive, really. I mean, basically is what I did. So, um, you then, look back on that stuff and you know that you survived by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Way. I mean, I've done, I've turned a car 360 on I-95 facing the traffic. Wow. And uh, I've yeah. just crazy stuff. You know, well, we lived. And in the story he told, he told me a few months ago was about what he was talking about. It oh, was, yeah. He was in the middle of like 25 guys. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. You know, and that he was, was the only one. Yeah. And they took him down for sure. And it is by the grace of God that he's here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got purpose. God's got work for him to do. Well, he's placed a dream in my heart and I pray to God one day he'll, he'll allow me to, to fulfill that. What I believe he's, you know, my destiny is. Amen. And you know, all I want to do is preach the gospel, man. That's all. I just, I'm a, I'm a, I want to win souls that, I mean, when I, when I was going back to the jail, when I went out to the jail, man, the anointing, the power, God, man, God was showing up in that place. I prayed with with heroin addicts, dude, who came into that jail because back then they didn't have all these pills, the boxing and all this stuff. You know, so you were just stuck. If you came in there addicted to a drug, whether it was whatever, this guy came in, he was he was an IV heroin user and he came into one of our our services and uh, 
man, he was just shaking profusely. He didn't have no hope, man. He was he was looking. Man, I preached a message out of Ephesians chapter one. I still remember this day, Ephesians chapter one, that we're saying, I'm preaching to a bunch of uh, criminals talking, hey, man, the Bible says we're saints. We're called saints, saints of God. You know, that's what the Bible says in, in, in the book of Ephesians, doesn't it? Paul, was, yeah. he said, he wrote this book to the to the saints who were in Ephesus. And I, man, I got a hold of that. And I said, no, nah, man, what? You call me Saint God? And I went out there and preached everything I had to these criminals that they were called saints. And these guys were, some of them were laughing me to scorn or going, uh-huh. oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, Don. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, I tell you, man, at the end of that, end of that service, uh, I asked, was there anybody there that, that wanted to accept Christ as their personal savior? And this guy He's like, man, I want to do that. Can I please do that? Will you, you know, will you pray with me? I said, absolutely, man. So I just let him in a small little prayer. And I tell you what, I could feel that addiction on him. God don't send you to places like that without giving you gifts. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I, I could feel, you know, I think, you know, I believe I have the gift of discernment or perhaps discerning of spirits is what the Bible calls it. So I could feel, I could feel that bondage, that oppression, that bondage mm-hmm. that this man was under. And as I began to pray, I could just feel that thing at the end of, by the time we got done praying, that thing just went up and it just went up through my spirit and it just went and it was gone. And this dude was like, I'm free. I'm free. He's over there jumping up and down. He's like, man, I'm free. He just gave his heart to Jesus Christ, man. You know, and God set him free like that. You know, it's like. (laughs) He was showing you both of you something at that point. Hey, man. Mm Kind of makes you wonder why we have uh, recovery groups anymore, don't it? It's like, where is this, you know? That's what we need to be doing. We need to, be, uh, excuse me, that's what I need to be doing. I'm going to get back to, let's, let's talk about this. I I'm believe with that's you. What, I'm with you all the way there on that. But uh, yeah, you know, Don, I think it's time to get back to the word of God. You know, um, you know, programs are good, but uh, so is the power of God. It's even better. You so know? what changed in your life, Don, that made you turn your leaf over, you know, because obviously you didn't really have a reason to change apart from your kind of glimpse with the word of God, you know. And the last thing you said was that you were, you were addicted to crack. Yeah. Yeah. You were on crack cocaine and you were heading in a direction that you didn't want to go. Well, I lost everything and everybody I ever loved. Um, My wife divorced me. Um, I, and I was plugged into, to, to church and ministry and, and, and all this stuff, man. I mean, I, I worked for a, a youth, uh, a youth home too. Um, some very gracious people, um, who man have been mentors of, of mine for, for years. And they, they mentored me back then and, and gave me opportunity after opportunity. Um, Tom and Connie, Tom and Connie Jones, they, uh, started the Harbor house ministries out in St. Cloud, Florida years ago. And, and they, they took, uh, you know, boys into their home, into their home and, and boys who were having trouble, you know, um, getting in trouble, stuff like I did. And, and they took them, you know, took them in and, and just began to love them. And, you know, that's what changed my life is, is people who loved me for mm-hmm. who I was, no matter what. And it, it's not just the people, but I mean, the people helped, but I mean, there's, there's been people throughout my entire life who have never given up on me, who have been praying for me for years and years and years. Um, my pat, my, my former pastor 
Pastor Danny Hartzog and Marta. They uh, were the pastors of the River Church here in Claremont for a while. Uh, they, they started out here, uh, Hart House um, Church, uh, and then they they bought the old the old church that that real life was yep. in on mm-hmm. Oak Street. Yeah, and they they began to you know they began their ministry. Well, they didn't begin their ministry there, but they they took over that church. But but these this guy man, Pastor Danny, he had been a, a he has loved me from the get-go. I mean, even 30 years ago, I, I worked for him at, at Stalin Chevrolet in Kissimmee, got a job there, and he, he gave me a chance. And, of course, you know, three years into that, I kind of blew that, too, and, and just messed everything up. But for some reason, it was really weird because I had run. I had, I had left. I left I left St. Cloud, Kissimmee, um, and just come running. I just ran from from everything. I didn't know what else to do. I was trying to get off a of crack. I had to get out of town. I was like, man, I just got to go. And uh, so I, I ended up ended up in Winter Garden one night at a bar for for <laughs> crying out loud. And and this lady just she I don't and I'm not even a dancer. I don't like to go out on the dance floor and dance. Never was like I was sitting over next to the jukebox drinking a beer. And this lady's like, come over here. She wanted me to dance. And so I was like, whatever, man, I, I did. And I'm homeless living in my truck. Right. But so I was a good looking homeless man. I always wore my cowboy hat. And, you know, I was dressed to the nines. <laughs> you know, nobody knew I was homeless, dude. You know what I'm saying? I used to panhandle, you know, in a cowboy hat and, and cowboy boots and a leather jacket, man. Nobody ever knew I was homeless. But uh, that's a whole nother story. We won't go down that rabbit trail. No, but there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, homeless <laughs> looks a lot different these days. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Right, right. So, yeah, this lady, she she asked me to dance, and then she asked me home. And, of course, one thing led to another. I ended up staying there for six years in Mount Verde. <laughs> and uh, she lived in Mount Verde and trailer park out that there. That was a long dance. Yeah, it was a long dance. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she uh, and she never knew I was really – she never knew I was addicted to crack. I, but, but that day when I met her, I quit. I stopped everything. Not everything. I still was drinking, uh-huh. you know, smoking marijuana. But um, I lived out there for, in Mount Bird for quite some time. And then, then I was delivering. I was delivering pizzas for, for Pizza Hut in Claremont. And uh, I, I, took, I took a pizza to these people's house. And it just happened to be my good friend's. Pastor Danny and Martyr Hartzog, they were having a Bible study in Claremont and they're from St. Cloud. I was like, what? No way. This had to be a God thing. What are you guys doing here? You know what I'm saying? And I was like, there's no way you guys are, are in Claremont. What in the world ever made you in long story short, they started that church. And uh, so I ended up, ended up, uh, you know, coming to church a few times and, and, uh, didn't give up everything right away. No. I, I still had a path to go down. Um, still hadn't, you know, surrendered my life completely. I had a lot of hurt, you know, a lot of anger, a lot of regret, a lot of um, self-hatred, you know, a lot of, lot of condemnation, mm-hmm. a lot of guilt and condemnation. Um, and that's, I think, why I read that scripture tonight, because, you know, there is therefore now. now no condemnation. No condemnation. So, well, I was going to say, you've, you held on to that uh, baggage for a long time. Had a lot of baggage. And, and even, even up till just recently, Mike, I've, I've had a lot of baggage. Um, and, and I don't know how long we got here, but uh, um, through this pandemic, um, I'm, man, this, it's been hard. Um, you know, I shared last time on, on, on the uh, live Facebook that I struggled with my faith over the years. And uh, 
but the thing about it is, even though I wasn't going to church every week, and even though I wasn't, you know, plugged into the ministry or, or all that stuff, God was still working on me, man. Oh, he doesn't stop. You know, he, he would, you know, I think that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to give up, you know. Not that we're supposed There's to. There's a lot of truth to that. Oh, there is. is. Really, he, really is. He wants you to need him. Absolutely. It's called complete and total surrender and reliance Amen. on him. For some, it's called pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I was at through this pandemic, man. I've, I've you know, I've been out of work. Uh, the last house I painted, I think, was, was, Martin's. was Martin's. And I, I had a couple little small jobs. I, I did. Um, I've been painting Walmart for the past year and a half and, and with with a good buddy of mine, Jake. Uh, Jake McDowell and Jake's painting. He's a he's a good painter too. He, he's uh, he's got the contract for the WalMarts, but uh, he uh, the la you know he he got us some work about a month ago. We we uh, finished up on a Walmart. We uh, because they had gotten somebody else to do it, and then they 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 dropped the ball. So they asked us to come up and finish it up. So we had like two two weeks, I guess, worth of painting up to Jacksonville or Yuli rather, but. Uh, so, man, I, that was it. It was like, after that, I was like, man, I struggled. I had a couple little small jobs, but I had, all my bills were coming due. It's like, mm -hmm. God, what is going on here? Man, and it's like, I it's, I think I just came to the end of myself and I just, I just, just knelt before the Lord and said, God, I don't know what I'm, I said, I'm scared, Lord. I said, I don't know what to do. I said, please, man, your word says this, your word says that. Where are you at, man? Where are you at in this? And I just wept and I bawled before the Lord. I mean, I cried like a little baby. I ain't lying, man. I, uh, but I think that's where he wanted me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, Paul uh, says to count it joy in your lowly that's circumstances. Right. That's right. You should been rejoice. There, been there a few times, right? Man, he uh, he did some healing in me. He did some healing in me because I've been holding on for a long time. I've been holding on. I, you know, I don't. No, something I didn't tell you guys is that in 2003 or between two, right after my son was born, he was born in 2002. Right after he was born, I, I, I decided, man, I got to get clean. I got to get sober. I, I put myself in a, what they called a total freedom program. And, and, uh, you know, scripture talks about in, in Colossians chapter two about, you know, people will promise you freedom, but it's, it's not really freedom. You know, they try to bring you into bondage and uh, that's, that's be honest with you, man. That's what happened. I went into this program and it ended up being a cult mm. and uh, this, this man did have a power, but it was a demonic power. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, it, by the grace of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he revealed to me what was going on. And I recognized this demonic force and Long story short, I cast it out. It was gone. I commanded it to go to, 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 to get off of me because it was on me. It was, I was oppressed badly and uh, commanded it to go. And I know a lot of people don't believe in, in, in this kind of a stuff, but man, this, this demon, I saw it in the spirit and the demon spoke to me and it spoke to my spirit. And he said, I don't have to leave. I'm allowed to roam here. And right mm. then the Holy Spirit quickened me, gave me revelation knowledge and he spoke to me and he said, Don, he's right. He don't have to leave. He's allowed to roam here. He comes from the head. So that person who was running that ministry had allowed that demon mm -hmm. to roam in that ministry. And this was crazy. People were breaking out with boils and all kinds of stuff in this, in this place. 
And sad that sad thing is, this place is still operating today. Mm-hmm. You know that that's what's really sad about it. But uh, I thank God that my 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 friend and pastor Danny Hartzog, I was able to call him. They uh, they eventually, you know, I, I went to them and told them what happened, and they're like, "Man, you got to go." <laughs> I was like, "Fine, I need to go." And uh, they're like, I don't think that was the Holy Spirit and this, that, and the other. I'm like, whatever, man. Have a nice day. My pastor came and got me and gave me a job. I worked for the Green Isle Children's Ranch. But the thing about it is, man, my soul had been raped. He literally had raped my soul. I could feel it, man. I was messed up, dude. Right. I was emotionally erect when I left there. I was sobbing and crying, man. But I was we, like, when you left, he, that demon didn't have control of you anymore no but my soul had been raped and Mm -hmm. god had to do some healing so when i when i went to the to the uh to the to the to the children's home i met some people and it just happened to be uh uh jan uh it was january or december 31st and so it was new year's eve and i i uh met met some of the house parents and they happened to be, you know, sensitive to the Holy Spirit enough to know that something was going on. And I had went into my room to pray at midnight. And the, one of the, the house parents, the man, he, he came in there and followed me. He said, hey, man, can I, can I bring in the new year with you then? You know, and so we began to pray together. And so evidently God spoke to him and said, you need to help this guy. Mm-hmm. He said, man, I want, to, I want to do something for you. He said, I want you to ride, take a ride with me. So we went and jumped in his car. He said, I just want you to listen to this music. He said, it's some worship music. I don't want you to sing or anything. I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to sit there for a minute and just listen to this music. And it was some worship music. He put it on and we'd be, we we just sat there. And we sat there for probably, I don't know, maybe two minutes, less than five minutes. I know that. And soon as, I mean, just all of a sudden, supernaturally, God did something. He said, and just healed my mind. I mean, just supernaturally. I mean, I don't even can't really explain what happened, but I know that my soul had been raped because I felt really nasty and dirty and messed up and emotionally erect. But God supernaturally healed me right then and there. And then, but the thing about it is, after that, I was very guarded. I wouldn't let people in. I didn't trust anybody. It's surprisingly that I even went back to church because I was scared of of of, of people. I mean. Literally, when I was there, uh, they asked me to preach the word, and I was supposed to preach out of uh, Roman, or uh, uh, yeah, Romans 12, 12, 1 and two. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And they they wanted me to teach on that, but they told me I had to listen to his teaching tape and then teach what he was teaching. And when I did, I listened to it and I didn't agree with what he was teaching because he was trying to tell me that, that God, he, that God had three different wills, uh, a good, acceptable and pleasing will, which I thought, well, well, God's not bipolar, nor is he schizophrenic. Is he? I don't think that God has three different wills for our life. He has one will and it's good, acceptable and pleasing. So, I told him, I said, I can't preach what you're telling me to preach. I'm sorry. I just can't do that. 
So I stood up there and I said, this is what I'm going to preach. And I began to preach, man. All of a sudden they, they jumped up and they smacked the Bible out of my hand. They're like, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And it just went off on me, man. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? And so, you know, I've kind of been scared to, to even to want to preach, you know, anymore. And that's my heart, man. I've always wanted to preach the gospel. And then several years ago, back in 2014, uh, I did get ordained, but I didn't realize it at the time. The person that ordained me was in a, a denomination. Um, it was a denominational uh, church. I'm not going to say the, the denomination because mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. But they were a denomination that believed in strictly in the Old Testament. They, you know, they believed in the New Testament, but they were more geared towards the Old Testament, the Torah and, and you know, the prophets and, and all this stuff. And so I had asked, could I come? Uh, there's a, a place in, in Claremont, um, a homeless place. I'm not going to say any names, um, but I, I'd ask, could I come in and, in, in, you know, start a Bible study out of the book of Romans, because the book of Romans is what kind of set me free. You know, I believe in, in grace through faith. It's not, a, you know, Ephesians says that Ephesians 2 eight, but um, the book of Romans talks about justification through faith. You know, strictly, you know, it's not by works that we, you know, that we're righteous. As Ephesians 2 eight says this, um, you know, it's by grace that we're saved through faith, not of works, lest we should boast. And that's what happens. A lot of people, they think it's it's all by works and you have to earn your way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, that builds pride. That, 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 that builds a whole lot of pride and, and arrogance. And then that's, you know, that's not God's grace, man. If you, you're going to take credit for it then where's the grace? Where's that leave God? Where's that leave his son, his mm-hmm. sacrifice? You know, he did that for us. Mm-hmm. And it's just up to us to believe it and receive it. And that's it, man. It's by Amen. grace that we're saved through faith. So this man ordained me. And then I went out to this, this place and I started doing a, a Bible study in the book of Romans. Well, about three weeks into it, I get a text, not even a phone call, a text. It said that, so I understand that you were against the law. And you are no longer welcome to come out to our uh, our house, to the men's house. And, uh, um, and it's like no really explanation or anything like that. No phone call or, hey, what's going on? It was just like, you know, don't come. You're not welcome here anymore. And, I was, and, by, the, and by the way, we're revoking your ordination papers. <laughs> and it was like, what? And I mean, that had been my heart for a long time, man, to be an ordained minister, you know? And I was like, really? Are you for real, dude? You're going to revoke my ordination papers? And that hurt, man. It shook my faith. It rocked me to the core. But the thing about it is, Mike, there's a place right up here. It's called Real Life Christian Church. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. God used them to minister to me. Man, I walked in one of them Sunday mornings, and they were singing this song cornerstone you know that song mm-hmm. oh yeah uh-huh. how's that song go i don't you don't want any of us to sing it oh no. sure no <laughs> man that song man well, maybe, and you know i'm thinking you know you you said it was from a you know a certain denomination or anything else maybe that was what father wanted to happen well I, all i know is this that it it made me really really dig into the word and it really made me go back to 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 the word it made me go back to find out really don what do you really believe 
Right. What do you really do? You you know, what do you believe? Well, not only what you believe, but, you know, if you want to be a preacher, doesn't it say that you're going to be study? You're going to be judged. Oh, sure. Stricter. Absolutely. Yep. So you got to make greater. sure what you're preaching is going to be On the right point? stuff. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. So maybe that's uh, what father's and, doing. What's it say? In Christ alone, my hope is found. I can't yeah, you got a good voice, words, but appreciate that. <laughs> that's it, man. That's, I mean, that, I don't have anywhere else to go. I'm, I'm like the, the apostle Peter that says, you know, Lord, where do I, where else do I go? You the one that, that has the words of eternal life. You know, that's, that's just where I'm at today, man. Um, I poured out like a drink offering. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's helped somebody out there tonight. I know it has because uh, there well. are a ton of people on listening and to they're this. Still uh, there. All your friends on uh, Facebook Live. Hey, Hello there. Hey, Wave Lonnie. at them. Thank you for tuning Thanks. into God Stories Radio Amen. and uh, listening to Don. I mean, this has just been awesome. And there are a ton of folks on Mixler right now listening. Cool. Uh, with us they've been there the whole time and uh, hello to everybody i can see some of you if you follow us on mixler i can tell who you are I, and uh, i just appreciate it i see robert herman just clocked in jay calhoun and robert, uh, robert, robert. Lee and uh, a few others a couple others on there but man what a great crowd don this is awesome uh Turnout. Robert Herman just got married a couple days ago. Wow. Robert Herman. Congratulations. Congratulations, today, my friend. And today is his, his, his birthday. Well, happy yeah. birthday, oh, Robert. man. Do we do it? Do we dare do it? No. Happy birthday <laughs> to Don you. Scared. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Robert. Happy birthday to you. There you go. Your own exclusive GSR happy birthday. Amen. How about that? Cool. That'll go down in the annals of history right there. So hey, fantastic. There? So, Don, how many years are you celebrating recovery now? Oh, man. I don't know if I want to share that. I, I really can't share that. I don't. Uh, you know, it's not very much. I'll tell you that. So I'm. You know, I, I hey, you don't even need to explain, man. We're all part of the program. We know how that works. Uh-huh. We I need just, Jesus. So to, that, that's yeah. right. I just day know that, day. man. I just know that that God's never left me. He's never forsook me. He's always been there. Every time I mess up, He's still there. He's there for me to, you know. And, and you asked me what has has kept me, you know, through all this thing. And, and the only thing I can say is that the the I have to give glory to the Holy Spirit who lives well, within me. That. Because every time I mess up, he's always, you know, the enemy wants to condemn us and he wants us to, to just continue to mess up. Mm-hmm. But, but Jesus is a good shepherd, isn't he? Isn't that's that what his the Bible best says? weapon, Don. He's, if he can get us isolated right. and condemn us, he's got us. That's right. Best weapon. But so, I mean, it's old. Amen. So Jesus, he always just, you know, he's, he's the good shepherd. He always just comes and gets me and says, come on, son, come on home. You know, just keep coming. Come on, let's let's come back home. And uh, you know, the the that's what the Holy Spirit's there for. He he's there to convict us. And, Amen. And not just to convict us, because he don't beat us up. He tells us that Father loves us, and that uh, he he's still he's. It doesn't matter. Come on, son, just come on home. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he's never left me in my sin. That's all I know. And every time I mess up. He's always been there and he says, come on, I've got grace for that. You know, the Bible says, you know, 
where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that what Romans teaches? It says where sin abounds, you know, grace much more abounds. Now, now I don't, I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm saying here because I, I really, I need to well, share the whole counsel of right. God. So Paul, I'm going to Paul rebuke that statement. Well, Paul, Paul said that statement. He said, you know, but shall we sin that grace may abound? Right. And he said, God forbid. So don't, I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm saying here. It's not okay to sin. You know, it's not okay to sin. Now everybody sins different. I mean, everybody sins different now. Um, there is black and white sin, what the Bible teaches, you know, fornication, adultery, stuff like that is wrong. But then it goes on to also say, you know, he that knoweth to do good and doesn't do it to him, that is sin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it, where's your sin? That's the question. What is going on in your life today that you need to repent of or I need to repent of, you know, because everybody has something, you know, the, the book of first John said, if, you know, if a man say that he doesn't have sin, then he is a liar and the truth is not called, in him. And called God a liar. Amen. Yep. So, hey, can I pray with the people? Absolutely. I was just going to ask you to do that. Cool. We got so many folks that have hung out with us for an hour and uh, awesome. I couldn't see anything more fitting than to to close us out in prayer, my right. friend. Amen. Praise God. I just know, man, if, the, if, if there's anybody out there tonight that's struggling, that just you know, the, the enemy, man, that's the enemy. He, he just wants to beat us up. He don't want us to, to serve God. He just wants to take us away and, and, you know, just continue to beat us up and beat us up. You know, there might be people out there that have a, a hurts in their hearts that, that they need to be, uh, that they, you know, this is, this is very important. I want everybody to understand this, that one of the things that has helped me, really the only thing, is that I have, I've had to forgive those people in my past. I've had to forgive a lot of people, you know, um, and number one, I've had to forgive myself. Okay. Number two, I had to forgive those people who were abusive to me sure. in the past. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's not something that's easily done. That takes a supernatural power. It does. Yeah. That. You cannot do that on your own. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where I came to through this pandemic is, is a, is a, Pouring out of my soul, God help me to forgive these people, and He 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 did. He, he brought the healing in my heart, my spirit, to those people that needed to be, you know, that that I needed healing from, and that I needed to forgive. And so that was one of the things that took took place. So if there's people out there tonight, man, if you you have that hurt in your heart, please get be, get before the Lord, and, and we're gonna say a prayer right now that I believe God wants to heal you, you know. God wants to heal you. He's here right now. His presence is here is strong. And I, I just want to say a prayer right now and, and just pray that, that you guys would just come before the father and just allow his spirit, his grace, his mercy, his love, his compassion, just to pour over you and to open those spots up that need healing. So as I pray, I pray that you guys would do that. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, there's nothing on this earth that you will not, forgive us for nothing, God. Jesus took it all at the cross. Your word says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Lord, that's where our holiness comes from. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus, for that sacrifice. Father, I pray for the, the men and women out there tonight that have tuned in. And I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would go forth right now, that it would, that he would minister to places that he's never ministered to before, Father. I pray that they would open up these places, help, help the, the audience to open up, Lord. You can only do what they will allow you to do. I know that your Holy Spirit is a gentleman who will not go to places that, 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 that he's not welcome. So I pray right now, Father, that as they open up their hearts, you would do the, the, the healing work. <laughs> Lord, your word tells us in the Old Testament that you are the healing balm of Gilead, the healing balm of Gilead. I pray right now that you would begin to minister that salve on those hurts, those, those spots that, that need healing, the unforgiveness, Father, the, the sins, the, the places uh, that the enemy would put condemnation in their hearts and minds and souls, Father. Lord, I just rebuke the enemy right now. I rebuke that spirit of condemnation right now. God, it's, 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 a, it's a spirit of religion that would place condemnation over us, Lord, and on our, on our, on our hearts and minds, Lord. You didn't call us to, to come and serve a religion, God. You called us to have a relationship, mm -hmm. a, a living, loving, <laughs> graceful relationship with you. I believe that's your heart, Father. And I pray for those people right now that they would allow you to come in, that they would accept Christ as their Savior, that they would uh, ask you to forgive them, that they would repent of their sins, and that you would heal their land, Lord God. I pray this not only for, for those men and women out there on God's Stories Radio, but Lord, I pray this for the land of America, the nation of America, Father, and, and throughout the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, Don. Thank you so much. And uh, for you guys on uh, Facebook Live, uh, again, thank you for hanging out with us. And uh, everybody on Mixler, if you tuned in late and you want to hear this uh, in its entirety, you will be able to do so tomorrow on our Facebook page, God Stories Radio, or Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. There is uh, just a plethora of ways that you will be able to listen and we'd love for you to follow us on facebook like us and uh, we just appreciate don coming and giving of his time we love him and uh i just uh i fell in love with him when i heard his testimony uh a few weeks back when he did it from the prayer garden over at fumc and i just uh it really touched me i'm so glad that he's here and he came in person and uh uh we've had to you know keep the the social distancing but uh <laughs> we will shake well, hands uh, and, and eventually Don, um gsr is the king of the shameless plug so if you have anything out there that you want to uh put out there well if y'all need any paintwork done 407-202-0191 that's above and beyond painting and handyman services Don Miller. Thank you. If I get some OSB on the side of the studio, I'm going to call you. Absolutely. I'll be you there. You betcha. Cool. I'm working on that. I got a, my, my poor insulation's falling out of the side of the walls. So it's about time to put some covering on there. And I've seen, I've seen the work that he has done. So it's a fantastic job. Cool. Excellent. Well, that's amazing. We just appreciate, again, each and every one of you, Facebook Live. Thank you. I see Nancy Johnson. How about that? Oh, hey, wow, look at that. All my buddies. All my buddies. I can't see that what far. Awesome I'll, I'll be honest. I can't see it. Wait a minute. 
Jody Feener Sewell. She she led worship for us over there at FUMC for a while. I know Jody very well. She's an awesome, awesome yeah, that she worship, is. Uh, worshiper. And that singer, she does a great job player. over there Absolutely. at FUMC. Love it. Fantastic. And thank you, everybody on Mixler. Like nobody has left. Everybody is still on there. Thank you so much. It's such a blessing to see you guys and uh, come out. And uh, it's just been a blessing to uh, share Don with you tonight. So, well, that about wraps it up for session 244. I'm Fred. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. And I'm God bless you. God bless. God bless.